what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. travelers and welcome to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and i am your other co-host ryan buell um and we're here to talk about after sully uh the latest from clint eastwood and tom hanks but before we do that have you been watching anything this week sir yes i've been re-watching some classic marvel movies what well, rewatched the first avengers movies with uh, the movie the very mm-hmm. original one uh with my wife the other day and then i watched uh, guardians of the galaxy oh nice and those are still some of my favorites that, does the Avengers hold up? I haven't seen it, I think, um, since it came out. The Avengers still holds up. For me, uh, I don't know. The Joss, Joss Whedonisms mm-hmm. kind of wear on me a little bit. Okay. It's uh, it's still a fun movie. I still love it, but it doesn't it, the dialogue is not natural. Oh, yeah, yeah, sense. yeah. Like, yeah, it's, my, very, it's my problem with the pilot of Firefly. Yeah, it's, it's very... I, it's just Josh Whedon. They're just like Josh Whedon puppets, yeah, in yeah, yeah. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I still like the movie a lot, and Guardians is one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, it's got that quirkiness to it, um, really funny. I think it's got some heart to it as well, so I really like that one. Yeah, Prepping for Civil War coming out on mm-hmm. Blu-ray. Does that come out Tuesday? I think so. It's either this Tuesday or next Tuesday. Yeah, and that one is <laughs> between that and Winter Soldier. Those are the two of the best, I They're think, so, so far. They're so good. Both those movies are so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the Every Frame of Painting video that just came out today? No. I'm going to make you watch it before you leave. Okay. Uh, it's really good. It's about why Marvel music sucks. Okay. <laughs> um, and it's straight fascinating. Like, okay. It's not... Um, everyone, like, here's my plug. Go watch this video. Every Frame of Painting is my favorite YouTube channel. Anytime I get a chance to talk about it, I'm going to talk about it. It's like, why the Marvel music is not that memorable mm. and it's really fascinating. Um, it's, it's straight up. I, it, it lifted the veil on something in filmmaking that I did not know about. Mm. And I'm a little furious about like it's the, the video came out as of this recording the same day. And so I'm a little raw about it, but it talks about temp music, which is not something I had heard of. So go watch the video and, and, Man, I don't know how they get away with it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, it's called something about Marvel music. The Marvel Marvel Symphonic Universe, I think is mm-hmm. what it's called. Uh, it's by Every Frame of Painting. Just look that. You should be subscribed to it because it's an incredible okay. YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, look that up and, and go watch it. It's really good. But yeah, so I'm, it's weird that you mentioned the Marvel movies because I've been thinking about them a lot today. <laughs> uh, that's That's been it for me. How about you? Let's see. Oh, I watched High Rise. Uh, oh, with Tom Hiddleston? Yeah. How was that? Bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, really bad. Next movie. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I was not into that movie at all. What would you say were, like, if, if, uh, three, three core things that was wrong, that were wrong with that movie? Too long. Okay. Um, too, it's not, it's very self-insistent. 
It okay. does not self-indulgent, although it's a little bit of that, but there's an argument to be made that that's actually one of the best things about the movie okay. because it is about the debauchery and like self-indulgence of this high-rise building that he moves into. Okay. So the self-indulgences I think are actually character in the world, um, but it just it's so insistent that it's a good movie mm-hmm. and it's not the movie just thinks it's better than it actually is okay um it's from a kind of divisive director named ben wheatley and i think this might be a, this is the first one of his movies i've seen and i think it may be a problem with him in general uh okay. but that more on that in a second the third thing is it's too haphazard um mm. it could have been it's supposed to be, like, one of the self-indulgent things is that it's a little bit confusing, but I think if we would have tightened it up a little bit, it just needed to be tighter all the way around. It okay. needed to be shorter, it needed to have a more straightforward narrative, and it just needed to be, to just say, here I am, rather than, here I am, aren't I great? Mm. Ben Wheatley directed Kill List, which is supposed to be this, like, crazy thriller from 2011, but... People hate it and people love it. There's no in-between with it. And it kind of seems that way with High Rise. Um, he's got a new movie coming out called Free Fire. Uh, it's getting a lot of attention at the T- Toronto International Film Festival. It was highly divisive. It kind of looks like Reservoir Dogs meets Shoot 'em Up. Uh, it's like this... That's not a good combo. It's like this 1970s like arms deal gone wrong movie. But it looks like it all takes place in one location... A lot of people are just saying it's a 90-minute shootout sequence, which could go either way mm-hmm. on me. That sounds, on paper, it sounds like I should like it, but having just watched High Rise, I feel like that's like it's like clever and a half. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just a little too... Try, it's just trying too hard. Okay. That's kind of the deal with High Rise, too. It's just trying too hard. Trying too hard. Okay. Um, and just kind of like e- e- the scenes that show the debauchery, it's just like, I mean, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's not even gratuitous. Um, wow. It is it is gratuitous, but the, even the gratuity loses it. Like, it's just like, eh, uh, fine, <laughs> I, whatever, sure. I get the point you're making. Yeah. Move on from here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hiddleston's good in it. It's weird because I feel like he is a really talented actor who almost never gets directed properly outside of the Marvel movies, Mm. um, which is weird because he's never been directed by the same director twice in the Marvel movies. True. Um, And those are still his best performances. And, yeah, I just, like, I don't know if he doesn't care, and so he knows what he cares about and what he doesn't, and he does care about the Marvel movies, and so he tries harder. But even still, like, he's really good at I Saw the Light, Mm -hmm. but no one, none of his other actors gave him anything to work with. The movie was directed like garbage. High Rise, he's good in it. He's not quite as good as I Saw the Light or the Marvel movies. Um, but he's more than capable and he commits to the role, but there's nothing else in the movie that gives him anything to work with. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, I, I was expecting a lot out of it and was disappointed. Also, I was expecting an action movie. I thought it was going to be like The Raid or Dread or something. Yeah. Where it was just like the lower class citizens on the bottom floor fight their way to the top um, to kill Jeremy Irons at the top. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not what happened at all. Uh it kind of is what happened, but not in the way that I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like a straight up like straight action up fight. Yeah, mm. 
and it was not it was it was more uh it had more things on its mind (laughs) than i wanted it to have (laughs) yeah so would you say it was a bit preachy it's not to the point of like okay it's not preachy it just it has more it's more commentary than stuff happening (laughs) okay um but it's not like super in your face about like this is what happens when you treat lower class class people like crap i mean that's the overall message of the movie but it's not like aggressive about it it's just kind of which is almost a problem like it's just kind of inert it just kind of is there Mm. um yeah i was not super into it yeah and then we watched the thing which i had never seen before oh how was that uh really good really like as good as everyone has told me Mm -hmm. um the thing from 1982 uh john carpenter's the thing starring kurt russell and keith david and diabetes uh wilford brimley (laughs) and (laughs) it is a sci-fi horror movie where an alien gets into this uh like research facility in the antarctic and just kind of assumes the form of certain people in the research facility and that's how it kills everyone in the facility it's super yeah yeah uh it's so good Mm -hmm. it's this really paranoid sci-fi horror but it's not it's not particular like it's it's tense but it's not uh, like ooga booga scary necessarily Uh but it's just like there's a definite dread over the movie that's yeah. really good. Uh, How is the gore factor? I know that's kind of what it's known for. is Because John Carpenter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. Is it hard uh, to watch? It's, or? It isn't. It isn't because it's so well done that you're kind of fascinated by it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not. It's it's super sci-fi. Like all the all the stuff is like. Oh, and then its head split open, and it's like it like two lipped out, and then a bunch of tentacles came out, and then some spider legs came out. So it's like not it's unreal looking mm-hmm. in that like it's very alien looking. Yeah. But they also did like everything just looks very goopy when all that kind of stuff happens. So it's yeah. like it's very well done. Yeah. Um, and there is a scene where one of the guys he's getting defibrillated mm-hmm. and they go clear and his torso opens up as it becomes a mouth it opens up and the guy's hands like plunge way deeper into the guy i was like how the f did they do this and the, his like stomach grows teeth and like bites the guy's arms off and i was like what how'd they do that and then like the guy's head pops off and becomes a spider but none of it is none of it to me looked like it was stop motion or cgi it looked like they built all of that and i don't know how they did it it was astounding uh there was there was so much stuff like that in the movie that i think i completely separated from the reality of the movie i was like how'd they do that so you saw more from the technical yeah where i'm sitting there be like well i'm never sleeping again yeah (laughs) i i don't know just like every time they did i was like i bet this was a lot of fun to figure out Did you know that that movie was inspired by H.P. Lovecraft's, uh, one of his only novels, The Mountains of Madness? Really? Mm-hmm. It's a remake of a 1950-something movie mm-hmm. called The Thing That Fell From Outer Space. Yeah, I think both have drawn influence from that from that particular story, because it's a very similar, guys go up to the mountains, they find an alien, crap happens. Um, really? Yeah. I've been doing a lot of research into H.P. Lovecraft. He's weird guy. Very weird guy. There's a really good documentary on YouTube 
Um, Gilmore Del Toro's in there, mm-hmm. and a bunch mm-hmm. of other. Uh, um, yeah, Del Toro's obsessed with that guy. Neil Gaiman does mm-hmm. a does a bit. Um, really interesting guy. Sorry, I didn't mean to oh, detract no. from that. That's but... fine. Oh, here's the big one I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I saw Hell or High Water. Yeah, was it as good as I said? It is one of, if not the best movie I've seen all year. Yeah, it's incredible. It's okay. incredible. Gas station scene. Oh my gosh. Where the punk rockers pull up? Yeah. Is that not the best? Uh, I have spent... I've seen it six days ago at the time of this recording. I've spent long stretches of my day every day since then thinking about that movie. Yeah. It's an incredible piece of it's American a, cinema. It's a good movie. I mean, I would teach a class on it in a heartbeat. It's so good, man. Dang. It's so good. There's so so many smart choices from everyone. The script is really good. Mm-hmm. The direction is really good. The visual storytelling is the best I've seen all year. Um, the editing is so good. The editing is completely in service to that visual storytelling, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. The world is so sparse but so rich like they just they color in the world ah so well you know there's a scene where they're in this like podunk uh jeff bridges and alberto are are his partner are in this like podunk town with like at the at the diner with the 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 waitress waitress. (laughs) from hell and uh they're sitting outside waiting for chris pine and ben foster to show up and rob the bank and they're just talking and you just see the waitress lady walk out the building and like go to her break. Yeah. Like it just, it's, there's, there's, it's not a setup to anything. It's just like the world is going on around these people, you know, it just felt very lived in and rich. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Man, I loved that movie. What do you think of Ben Foster? Ben Foster is a lock. He better be nominated for Best Supporting Actor or the system is rigged. Like, he was astounding in the movie. He was so freaking good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, right now, for me, it's a race between John Goodman and Ben Foster Mm -hmm. for John Goodman in in, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I almost said 10 Things I Hate About You. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I... I've wanted to see Hell or High Water since I saw it. Like I, the I could have sat through it again immediately. Yeah. Chris Pine's incredible in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember his name, but the guy who plays Alberto, uh, Jeff Bridges' partner, is incredible oh, yeah, in it. He's really good. so good in it. Yeah, he was. Um, Jeff Bridges is amazing in it. Like everyone's super good in it. Yeah. Nothing is wasted in that no. movie. There's no wasted time. Nope. Even the still moments, it's telling something. Mm-hmm. It's giving you information. It's awesome. Love that movie. Yeah, it's so... Oh, gosh. The movie's so well executed on mm-hmm. every single level. The soundtrack is amazing. The yeah. score is really good. Nick Cave did the score. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah. I... Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, Go I, see this movie ASAP. Find a way to see it. It's so good. You will not be disappointed. Is it still at the Maya? I think so. Okay. Maybe not. Um, I know they have like the big Spanish film festival for the next two weeks, so That's I right. think I think they may have bumped it for that. Um, but yeah, it's so good. I hope it gets remembered come Oscar season because man, it is it is just a very very well crafted piece of cinema. Yeah, I that loved it. Really good. I loved it so much. Oh my gosh. Anyway, before this becomes Hell or High Water, <laughs> the, the Hell or High Water cast. <laughs> um, 
Let's talk some news. Live by Night, I think is the name of the movie. Live yes. by Night got a trailer, which is the new Ben Affleck movie. He's mm-hmm. directing in it and starring in it. He plays a 1930s gangster back from what I think might the be war? World War One. Uh, yeah, I think it would have had to have been World War One. So it must be a 20s. Yeah, he must be a 20s. 20s yeah, so, yeah. Because um, he 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 has lines in the trailer about coming back from the war. Yeah. Um, and he's like a, a mobster, bank robber type guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, the the pitch for it kind of seemed to me of like, hey, remember the town? What if we did the town, but instead of masks, everyone had fancy hats <laughs> and Tommy guns? Yeah. Um, but he directed it, and I don't know if he wrote it. Um, I don't think he did. He may have had a hand in the he script, may have had a hand. but I don't think he's the only credited writer. Uh, what do you think about Ben Affleck as a director, and what do, what do you think about this movie? I'm down. I'm down. I really like. I love the town. Mm-hmm. Like that was the movie that made me think Ben Affleck has got something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a good storyteller. Yeah. Uh, I think he can. He makes his characters very personable. Uh, so you're invested in their characters. Um, his acting has gotten better. Really has. Um, and his choices have been really good. Uh, I'm excited for this one. I'm really excited. And I love I love gangster movies. Like, yeah. I loved uh, the one that came out a while ago with Sean Penn. Gangster Squad? Yeah. I never saw that. Actually, really good. It's, it's, it's not a hell or high water. Like, right. this is a revolution. Like, it's amazing. But it's, it, it does what it set out to do. Kristen it, really liked it. Yeah. And it's fun. Um, but I'm definitely probably... That's on my radar to go see his new one. Yeah, I think it looks great. Uh, I think he shot the crap out of this movie. There are some scenes of some sunrises coming up over a river that look straight up like watercolor paintings. And I don't know how he did that. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, I think I think it looks really, really solid. I think him as a director... Um, I didn't like Argo that much, mm-hmm. but it's not a bad movie. Yeah. Um, this is his fourth movie as director. I don't think he's made a bad movie as director yet. Gone Baby Gone is one of the most affecting movies I think I've ever seen. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's his first movie as a director, and I remember when it came out, myself and a lot of people were like, Ben Affleck's directing now? Like, he could barely act before. <laughs> and uh, that that movie has such a... Uh, the, the handle of the tone that he has and has been able to maintain over the course of his career is really impressive. Um, I think that's something that gets mishandled a lot by modern directors is I think a lot of movies can be very tonally all over the place. Mm. Um, we're very at odds with what the movie is saying. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that even for uh, a movie I consider like quote lesser Affleck, like Argo, I think the tone of that movie is still very much, in control like he still very much is is in control of the movie um i think the town is really good i think he's really good in that movie um i think he's really good as batman yeah um i think i think he is even better as bruce wayne um i think i think since he came back and started you know he took a few years off after he had a series of flops and came back not as an actor he came back as a director that was his first project. He didn't take an acting job. He took Gone Baby Gone and directed his brother in it. And that was a, the smartest decision he ever did because it wasn't that much of a commercial success, but it found an audience later on and it got him a lot of praise. 
And so he was able to take that momentum and roll it into the town. And that was his big comeback movie. And that was a super smart decision because he knew he could direct. And so he had the confidence to direct that movie. And so he tried his hand at acting again and he was really good in that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think he just makes smart decisions uh, and has been for the last few years. So I'm fully on board with this movie. Yeah. Um, Choosing to set it in his hometown of Boston is a good idea. Because we don't get a lot of early gangster movies about Boston. It's usually Chicago, New York, L.A. Yeah. Um, You don't really see that kind of happening around Boston. Um, So I think that's a good idea. I think he looks really good in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, What's her name? Zoe Uh, Saldana? Zoe Saldana. I like her a lot. Yeah, Um, I think she'll be good in it. Yeah, I, I like her when she takes those kind of roles. I don't know if you saw a movie called... Oh, gosh. Into the furnace with mm. christian bale and casey affleck no um she's really good in that movie mm. um no who's the other person the other woman the blonde woman in it uh um. l fanning oh dakota yeah. fanning's little sister she is one of the best young actresses in hollywood right now i think mm-hmm. um she's really really good in super eight mm-hmm. and has continued that trend i've liked everything i've seen her in so i'm fully on board with this movie i think I think it's good. I'm interested to see what he does in a solo Batman movie. Yeah. As a director. Um, yeah, it's... well, between him and Jeff Johns running it, it should be quite good, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it might. Um, you know, it seems like he's making good decisions with uh, Deathstroke being the villain. and Deathstroke's going to be the villain? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yep, and Joe Manganiello is going to be playing him, and I think... Who's Joe? Forgive me. Uh, he was on True Blood, I think. He was also uh, on a few episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Um, he was in Magic Mike. He was. Uh, well, now I know. <laughs> uh, he was in Pee Wee's the new Pee Wee Herman movie. Uh. <laughs> he was Flash in Spider Man One, Two, and Three. Oh wait, he's coming back. What do you mean? He's playing Deathstroke? He yeah. He was Deathstroke and Arrow. No. No. That's not the same guy. It's not the same guy? No. It looks like the same. It's uh, Ma- Manu Bennett is the guy from and they're totally... Arrow. Oh, yeah. They're okay. totally... Joe Manganiello is a completely different they actor. They look like the same guy almost. Um, no. Joe Manganiello is like way bigger. Oh. By like a lot. Yeah. He is bigger. Okay. Um, which... I think is a really smart decision because they're going with this Dark Knight Returns, like, you know, uh, just brick wall version of Batman. So you gotta have someone who's more imposing. Mm -hmm. Which kind of doesn't make sense for Batman if you think about it for two seconds because he's a ninja. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You don't want this bruiser ninja, but if that's the direction they're insisting on going, uh, I think to have a villain that matches that that's not bane um is a good idea yeah they've really been playing up deathstroke lately at dc comics like he's yeah. becoming more and more popular especially with um the tv show arrow yeah. i think that's brought him more to the forefront the video games have brought him more up. yeah so he was it's... a big player in in the arkham games mm-hmm. uh, specifically arkham origins yeah yeah the prequel mm-hmm. one so i think it's a good choice though yeah I hope, so i hope jared leto somehow gets in on it but i doubt yeah that. yeah uh-huh. It seems like the, the it seems like the go to thing for when you're technically rebooting something is never have a villain that's already been on screen bring a new villain 
and then maybe later on bring yeah. out those classic ones. So I feel like that's what we're probably going to get. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think I think Ben Affleck just makes smart decisions, yeah. and I'm excited for a new movie with him directing uh, that doesn't come with the baggage of it being a DC cinematic universe yeah. <laughs> movie. Uh, it's you all know. his own, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll take a short break and be right back to talk about Sully. Sully. this week to talk about as the main event sully the clint eastwood tom hanks movie about uh captain chesley sully sullenberger who performed the miracle on the hudson water landing the forced water landing um that saved 155 people Mm -hmm. uh after uh birds ran into the engines and destroyed both engines and so the movie is actually set up uh post to those events and is about the ntsb investigating him uh and just making sure that he made the right decision all the data they have says that he could have made it back to the airport either in LaGuardia in New York or I don't remember the name of the airport but an airport that was seven miles to his right off in New Jersey according to all their data and all their computer simulations they say that he did not make the right call and actually endangered all those people and he could have made it back to the airport and so it's it's kind of Sully having to navigate the tricky water of, no pun intended, I guess, the Mm -hmm. the tricky waters of realizing that these people are just doing their jobs, but also knowing what happened up there and knowing that was his only choice and trying to prove that, you know, that that can very much be a his he said, she said argument Mm -hmm. um, while also dealing with being a national hero who in between these hearings is going on David Letterman and being interviewed by Katie Couric and getting drink spot for him at the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's actually much more going on than the trailers would suggest in Sully. And I liked it quite a bit. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I think um, I it was a really good study into the man, Sully, um, and kind of figuring out his headspace and everything... Not just the the fame that came with it, but and I, not not just the fame that came with it, and not just all the trial stuff and the stress that came with that, but it did a really good job of showing his home life mm-hmm. and all the stress that came with it, and just all these things kind of piling on top of him, and how he handled that. Like I thought it was really poignant to show he went on, he went running a lot, yeah, in like the movie, and really kind of showing how he was dealing with this much stress. I mean, he didn't consider himself a hero. He was just trying to do his job. And now they're kind of trying to crucify him for it, for the insurance reasons. Um, I thought it was really well done. I thought Tom Hanks brought it. I thought he was was really good in it. Yes. Um, I did feel there were some moments where he seemed a little static. Okay. A little kind of still. Like, the scenes where they're landing, or, you know, the forced landing... Um, it felt like he was too still. Mm-hmm. And what my reference I would bring up would be like in Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. Like there's movement in an emergency uh-huh. situation where this just felt like he was just in an armchair, just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, 
Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, it felt a little too... Too calm under the pressure. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it very well could have been that, but it felt like there, it didn't feel, the tension wasn't there for me watching his performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the movie's very straightforward and simple, but I think that's befitting of the man. Mm-hmm of uh chesley sully sullenberger in that he seems just like a guy you know like he's just he was just a guy yeah you know he didn't ask for any of this he didn't do anything that that led to the water landing he was just doing his job and then it was just kind of a job hazard you know it was it was just something that happened to him and you know i've heard the, the i've heard that people call it uninspired but i think it's just down the middle because that's the kind of guy i think it's the tone of the movie is very befitting the man it's about Mm. um based on on what i know um you know he's not a guy who's on letterman all the time he's not a guy who's getting interviewed by katie couric every few months or every couple years because he's got something new going on you know he's just a guy and you know, I think I think the movie shows that very well by showing his home life, you know. He just wants to go to the hotel and call his wife. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's really all he wants. And just, like, go have a drink somewhere. Yeah. By himself. That's it. Like, that's, that's kind of all there is to the man. And the movie itself plays as kind of a tribute to that kind of person. Yeah. You know? They're the people who make the country run. Uh, and that's the message of the movie, really. Yeah. I thought the scenes with where he's being interrogated i think people were underwhelmed by them because they don't crackle the way like the scenes in social network for example Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't have this overabundance of dialogue it's just people talking yeah but i liked that i thought Mm -hmm. it was very real um one thing i want to touch on is aaron eckhart rules in this movie he's amazing he plays sully's co-pilot and i he's dang near stole the show for me yeah um hanks is great in the movie uh but like we said last week we knew it like we knew he was gonna be really good Mm -hmm. aaron eckhart is a little more hit or miss yeah (laughs) um and he's so good in this movie i have a soft spot for characters that are just not having it Mm -hmm. and he is not having any of the ntsb's bs yeah like he's just he's just like no he has one of my favorite lines of the year when I don't remember what they ask him, and he's like, "You're just mad because we have answers to all your guesses," and I was like, "Yeah, Aaron Eckhart, <laughs> this guy rules. He's pissed off that that Snickers five dollars." <laughs> they had a lot of sweet, sweet moments like that. That were I think you hit you hit the nail on the head. It was very real, mm-hmm. like little moments like that about Snickers and you know off you know uh, off comments like that. Uh, even the end of the even he stole he uh, he got the last word in the whole movie, where oh, they yeah. said you know if you if you were to do this what when what would you do differently I would have it done in July yeah and the movie just ends you're like eh, I can see it it ends on a good point yeah I thought that was a little weird actually oh the ending I, yeah a little abrupt yeah I wanted to see him get back home yeah we right? never see right I mean the movie's only ninety six minutes which I appreciate a movie that values my time like that yeah um but. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, I would have done it in July. Big laugh. And then, like... Yeah! And then, like, Tom Hanks just kind of, like, looks at him and smirks and then fade to black. And I was like, that's it? I mean, I guess, technically, yeah, it's all resolved. But, like, these guys have families that I would like to meet. Like, 
Um, what did you think about the the two sequences? One of the landing in the water, and two of the actual rescue. Uh, I thought that the landing in the water sequence was really good. I thought the rescue was amazing because it, like you were saying, it set up not just what Sully did, what all of these other departments did. Mm-hmm. And you had little moments almost from all of them and how they contributed to saving all these people's lives. I think Clint Eastwood did an amazing job of really showcasing the fact this wasn't... I mean, and Tom Hanks gave the speech that said just that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just me who saved these people. It was me, my co-pilot... All the other wonderful people from New York City who came in and chipped in and saved these people. Um, I thought it did a really good job of showing both sides. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And <clears throat> I liked the way they set it up because it was just like, oh, yeah, the NYPD guys were just like talking crap about the Mets and the Yankees. And like, just they were just doing, they were all just doing their jobs that day. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they get thrown into this. You know, and I felt like the evacuation scene was incredibly well done. Yeah. Um, it may have been a little too long. It's about a 15-minute sequence, and I was like, woo, do I really need 15 minutes of these people getting onto boats? Like, yeah. <laughs> I understand it took a minute to get out there, but <laughs> you could just show us that they're out there now. I gotta get some chalupas, man. Let's move it. <laughs> uh, you know, and like I said, the movie's only 96 minutes, so it's not it's not like a huge... A huge detractor. Yeah, um... But I, I thought I thought the landing sequence was really well done. Um, I was impressed with the lingo that Eckhart and Hanks had to learn. Yeah, all the um, is it aeronautical? No, that's that's aviation. Um, aviation, thank you. All the aviation terms they had to learn mm-hmm. and, and all that. Yeah, they 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 killed it. Yeah, I saw an article that said uh, American Airlines helped with Sully, but. They won't show the movie on their airline. And I was like, I'm fine with that. That's a good decision. I don't need Sully to be shown on airplanes. That's fine. Wait, what happened? Oh, we're getting off. We're taking a train. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought the movie was very good. Um, it's getting really good reviews. Mm-hmm. I think that's due in no small part to it was released the same weekend as the 15-year anniversary of 9-11. I don't think that's pandery, and I don't think that that's disrespectful, um, because they didn't make a big deal about it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't put two and two together on that until right before we started recording. Mm. But I think that you know, aviation stuff happening in New York was on everybody's minds this weekend. Yeah. And you know, like you said, there's there's the line in the movie where he says. Uh, it's been a while since New York's had good news this good, especially involving a plane. And one of my favorite things about the movie is they show Sully as having the beginnings of PTSD. Yeah. Um, I thought that was so well done. I thought the PTSD portrayal in this movie was better than the whole of the PTSD portrayal in American Sniper. Yeah. Um, you know, the movie actually opens with him having a dream of him crashing into the New York skyline. And, like, that's a pretty heavy image to conjure up yeah. you know um it is very intentional and it works i thought it worked uh really really well yeah um and then this, even after he gets ma- uh, married interviewed <laughs> by katie couric he has just like a, a almost a hallucination yeah um yeah and then there's a couple flashback scenes yeah in the, the movie what, what did you think about those when the first one came up, I thought, oh, okay, we're, we're in the past. There was no warning. Okay. Um, I thought it was good. They were short. 
mm-hmm. which was fine. Um, I think I get what he was trying to convey, that aviation's been a part of his life and really, in very truncated points, tell this man's story, you know, background into mm-hmm. this. Um, I, I thought they were good. I could have, if they weren't in the movie, I don't think it would have hurt the movie at all, but it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt either way to have him in or out, yeah. I think. Um, it just added a, another dynamic. Um, something I did wish that I saw more of, especially when he was dealing with the post-traumatic stress, is you never saw, they never had a scene where you see him break for a minute. Mm. Like, like I, I, you know, this might, hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm being uh, uh, mean or anything, but, I, you know, some tears being shed over yeah. all this. Like, there wasn't that moment of, break, like, breaking down over, over everything. And I, part of me just kind of wanted that emotional satisfaction. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just an emotional vampire, but yeah. part of me kind of wanted that scene, especially with everything he's gone through. And they did a really good job of building up for why there's so much stress on this man, but they never really showed a, a crack in that. It was just kind of like, <sighs> okay, next. Yeah. Yeah, I think you get the most of it when he's on the phone with his wife and he's yeah. asking if she's if he's made the right decision. Um, and then she has a line where she's like, there were 155 people on that plane and I just realized you were one of them. Mm. And like... You get a little bit, there's like a glimmer of that. He gets teary, Mm. but he never fully breaks. And I don't think Hanks is very good at that. Mm. Um, Even if you watch the end of Captain Phillips, I cut this out of last week's episode, actually, because for time. The end of Captain Phillips is the best portrayal of someone in shock that I've ever seen mm-hmm. and Hank's like acts the crap. I, I watched it again the other night when I was editing the, the podcast. Cause I, we were, we were talking about it and I was like, Oh man, I want to watch it again. And I <laughs> dang near almost cried again. Yeah. Um, but he, he like tears up in it and like, like gets we- like kind of weepy and like his, like it's very shaky and like, <laughs> like that, but he doesn't full on break out into tears. And mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen him do that. So I'm wondering mm. if it's just not a skill he possesses as an actor. Mm. Um, and that might be why. So I think you see him well up. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you ever see him break because I don't know that I've ever seen Tom Hanks do that. So mm. it may just not be something he's good at. Okay. Um, that's the only thing I could think of. Mm. Uh, Mike, Mike O'Malley's in this movie? Forgive me. He's the main NTSB guy. The ball guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, he does uh, kind of play the douchebag a lot in movies. <laughs> But also, he was the host of Guts on Nickelodeon. <laughs> That's right. That's where I know him from originally. Yeah, and he's in the show Yes, Dear. And so it That's was just right. super weird to be like, even when I saw the trailer, I was like, Mike O'Malley is in this movie. Guts. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> why Why is the guy from Guts in this aviation Clint Eastwood Tom Hanks movie? And he has to act against him kind of a lot. Yeah. I just, uh, I have nothing else to say aside from the fact that I need to acknowledge that because it has weirded me out every time I've seen marketing for this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, it just, it makes me laugh every time. Like, it's just like, what, what's Mike O'Malley doing here and why? <laughs> so the movie resolves with, they run simulations, uh, at some aviation simulation place and they determine, you know, it backs all their data up and... Tom Hanks is just like, yeah, but we had a delay. Like, we didn't have time to 
we didn't immediately start turning right. Mm -hmm. And they're like, how many practice runs did he have? And you find out 17, Mm -hmm. 17. And I really like that. I don't know enough about the true story to know if that's how it got resolved with the NTSB. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but if it did, that's really smart. I thought it was as a movie. I thought it was really smart writing. Yeah. Um, I actually thought the script was really smart about all that stuff. And it, you know, I felt like it got a lot of facts across without making it feel like people were just standing there reading facts to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really solid movie. I saw it with my dad. I don't know if you saw it with your dad. No, I just went by myself. It is ultimate dad movie. Yeah. Uh, there were so many dads uh, in our theater. Uh, we saw it at 730 at night, the Thursday it came out. Mm-hmm. And five minutes late, as dads are wont to do, a man walked in wearing a black Hawaiian t-shirt, cargo shorts, flip-flops, and sunglasses on his head. And I was like, you are everyone they want to see this movie. Mm-hmm. You were the, you were the, you were the poster person for who, who wants to go see this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I actually saw it with my dad on his birthday for his birthday. And we did Patton last week, which is another dad movie. So the theme of the last two weeks has been movies for dads. That's awesome. Um, do you have any final thoughts on Sully? Uh, n- none of my last thoughts are going to be that original, but I thought it was a really well done movie. Uh, Tom Hanks does a good job. You really are invested in what's going on with him. And, and the fact that it's all, it's not fiction. It's all historical. Um, if that's the right phrase, you know, real life yeah. people, yeah. that just makes it, uh, the, it felt like sitting down and this man was telling me his story as if I mm-hmm. could sit down and at a coffee shop, that was the kind of vibe. And so it was more endearing to me for that. Um, it's really well acted, great storytelling, uh, only 90 minutes. So yeah. I'd say it's, I, I personally, I probably won't watch it again. Yeah. Uh, it's not that kind of a movie for me, but I'm very, very glad that I did go see it. It was worthwhile to see. I agree. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and it's just, it's, it's simply made, but well made. It's, yes. it's well executed. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just, it's worth seeing and it's worth, um, there's a decency about these characters that I think is worthy of celebration. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a decency to to both of these men that I think is real. Um, I think I think it, it ha- was not really played up for the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's worth talking about and going to see um, because we're a little obsessed with antiheroes in all our movies yeah. and TV shows. Uh, and it can get a little tiresome and so to see something like optimistic and hopeful is good every now and then and so i think i think it's worth seeing um you know it's not revolutionary filmmaking uh but it's well executed filmmaking um the script is smart uh you know it it gets its facts across straight uh in scenes that feel very real um it's clint eastwood's best directed movie in a few years yeah like half a decade i think um Hanks is great in it. Eckhart's even better, almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's worth seeing. It's worth ninety six minutes and seven or eight bucks. Yeah. You know. Um, but other than that, like, it's not gonna change your outlook on life necessarily. No. Um, you know, and you're not gonna. You know, it might get a little bit of Oscar attention, but it's not gonna be remembered five, ten, fifteen years down the road. But no. it's worth seeing now. Yeah. Um, 
That's all I got. <laughs> okay, uh, you can find me on Twitter at mjsmith891. Um, Ryan thought on Twitter. You can find us on YouTube, uh, the Before and After Show, where Mike Moray and I are talking about after Patton. We watched all three hours of Patton, and we had a lot to say about it. Uh, it's also much better than we originally anticipated. I love that movie so much. It's really good, but yeah. you should go watch us talk about that on YouTube, not here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find all of this stuff on thatrealperspective.blogspot.com. That's that R-E-E-L perspective.blogspot.com which you can also find the movie we made there in a blog post for free it's a 50 minute movie called the precinct deception and we worked really hard on it and it's got its own dedicated post i know i've linked to it in several posts on podcast episodes but now the movie itself has its own its own post on the on the blog so you should go find that um, I was sick all last week, so I didn't review anything because my writer brain couldn't deal with words. <laughs> and so hopefully I'll get some reviews out this week. Hopefully you'll be seeing more content out there. I'm trying, uh, but I just got sidelined for a minute. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, you can email the show, before and after show at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Uh, find this podcast here. Uh, if you've, you're listening to this, you've already found it. But... Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Beyond Pod if you're an Android user. Um, it's an app, so look that up in the Google Play Store. And uh, share the show with your friends. We love every listen we get, but this thing only sustains as long as you guys are getting the word out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my impassioned pleas the last few weeks have still resulted in zero shares. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what's wrong with you guys. <laughs> I am livid. <laughs> Furious. Furious, the before end of the furious. <laughs> the fast and the furious. No, that's the The fast and the after. The fast <laughs> and the after. And um, furiously before. You, yes. The furiously before. <laughs> uh, until next time, go watch Hell or High Water. Yes. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>